New card. What do you think? Get over here! That man is playing Galaga. I understood that reference. You shall not pass! So say we all. So say we all. Run with me. It's adamantium tasting time, boys. Well, maybe it's your number one. All wings report in. Welcome to your weekly interval. This is the best damn nerd show. Microphone alchemist Bimbo Jimbo alongside Imperial Commissar Jeff Bud. Hey boys, hoping you're all just living your best life post spooky season. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chief Science Officer of Star Labs, Mark Truex. Taking it shaken, not stirred. All right, we will we will get to that later on in the episode, Mark. Thank you very much. I was a bit Paul shaken of- by that story. Actually, actually, you know what? We'll do this. Uh, Professor Chris Davis, no longer Jeff. the lone gunman. The axe nope. man, though. No longer friends with Jeff after his <laughs> intro. <laughs> but at least now you know I listen to the show when I'm not on it. You owe Jeff a, you, you owe Jeff a punch in the face. Uh, and making his return from exile or suspension, uh, the muzzled Hall of Fame cyber athlete, <laughs> Jonathan Craig. I just want to say to the Nerdosphere, I've, I've thought about what I said on the Mandalorian episode. Um, I've had four long weeks that I've been barred from attending the show to, to think about my actions. Feels I ta- longer. I take back, I retract everything that I said to challenge James' Star Wars fandom, uh, mostly because we're going to get into Mandalorian Season 2 today, and so I want to make sure I can revisit them later in this episode. <laughs> Well, that was almost the statement that uh, was approved uh, by HR. So, you know, I'll give you I'll give you at least a, a C plus or a B minus for effort there, John. Uh, and welcome back to the show. I hope you'll uh, continue to be on your uh, your best behavior. Yeah, I'm uh, forgive me. It's if good I, if to it, see you. Forgive me if it takes me a little bit to respond. Sometimes I have to scroll a little bit to find the answers <laughs> that you've written up for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. try and stick to the script there, Johnny. <laughs> no, welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show, everybody. Uh, we are getting back into more of our, our, our normal flow of things after October, but uh, what a great run of, of Halloween shows that we had uh, throughout the month of October. It was a lot of fun, uh, and before we move fully, you know, and turn fully the page on all of that, I just wanted to get, uh, you know, Jeff and John, your reaction. We had a nice little surprise uh, on last week's episode. Adam Zika making a, a surprise return. What do you think, Jeffy? I, I knew he was on because um, when I don't record the show, if I get a chance, I like to log into Discord and watch you little boys in the podcast. And I, just know that. <laughs> I was like, oh, the little boys are all talking right now. And then I saw the extra person. And I was like, oh, that's Adam. <laughs> I said, oh, Adam wow. made the show. I didn't even realize I, that. Yeah. I, had assu- I had assumed the worst because it, it like – his account joined the discord at the same time that you were like rigging an, ele- uh, an election for the final uh, <laughs> Halloween bracket. So, well, that wasn't it, the election I was rigging, but <laughs> yes, there, there were suddenly, suddenly like new, like several new accounts joining, joining discord. And I was like, Hmm, we need to validate these. I, I would like to point out there, there was no voting irregularities in, in the bracket. You know, Freddie yeah, didn't go. No observers Freddie... were allowed it, it, to, to watch either. So, <laughs> 
Freddie didn't go to bed with a massive lead and wake up to a Michael Myers decisive victory. There, there was nothing like that. <laughs> Freddie would have been like, this is my worst nightmare. So that's what that feels like. <laughs> Oh man, but no, it was it was a it was a great uh, treat to bring uh, Adam Zika back onto the the show last week, and uh, I did love seeing the reaction in Discord, uh, and and planning it out with uh, with Adam was great fun. Davis and Mark, your guys' reaction was priceless too. I, I really uh, <laughs> appreciated the fact that you didn't know if it was live or recorded. <laughs> it's probably no, good that know. that they couldn't see video because people might question how I actually feel about Zika on how I look. <laughs> I, I do love you, Adam. I swear to God. I just I could not tell what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a it was a good last scare. Uh but you know I, I do feel like that sort of in the in the trying to usher Adam in there, shortchanged Freddie a little bit uh, for being our inaugural champion. So I want to once again congratulate Freddie Krueger for for winning our first bracket. And uh, you know, I, I of course backed Michael Myers, but to lose to Freddie, there's no shame in that. So I uh, want to make sure that all of our Michael Myers heads were gracious in defeat and congratulating Freddie Krueger. Jeff, what did you think about how it all shook out? Uh, overall, I was pleased. I think, I mean, I cast my vote for Freddy Krueger. I heard you complain about it on the podcast. Um, I, I think he is the one who should have won. Freddy, I mean, Freddy's like the guy. Like when I grew up uh, as a kid, like he's the slasher person. He's the guy? He's the slasher? <laughs> he, he's he's the guy. <laughs> he's the guy. He's the guy. Um, it's Freddy, and then it's like kind of Jason after that. Like, I mean, if we're talking about like person who paved the way then yes certainly it's you know michael myers and then also we had um uh norman bates and stuff on the in the in the brackets and that's all well and good but i mean the reason that we're putting it to a vote is we're not just picking the people that came first we're picking the people that have made the biggest mark and i think that definitely is freddie and i mean the only reason i don't think it would ever work as far as trying to bring him back again as opposed to like that just one failed uh, reboot is because it's Robert England, you know, like that's Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, Leatherface, all those guys, uh, multiple actors have played the parts, multiple stuntmen. And like, it, it honestly doesn't really matter that much because it's almost like just the icon, but with Freddy Mm -hmm. Krueger, it really is linked to the actor. Kind of like with Chucky. I mean, it was fun and exciting that Mark Hamill did the voice for the remake, but But it was very different. Yeah, I mean, that's not the real Chucky. Yeah. No, and Freddy and Chucky, they both have that uh, that charisma factor uh, that, that really makes them very memorable. So I, I actually think it, it played out other than, obviously, I want Michael Myers to win. I expected Freddy to win, but that was the finals that I actually really wanted going into it anyway. So oh, I, yeah. I thought... I, th- I thought it was I thought it was fitting. It was the movie that I wanted, uh, and I figured Freddie would win. But uh, it was a good time. But how did you guys end up spending uh, your Halloween proper? How did that all shake out, John? Did you get up to anything? Uh, we took the kid up to a farm to pick up <laughs> Halloweens or uh, pagan Halloween's. rituals <laughs> and see animals. Yeah, it's pretty boring. I, I mean, I'm not like a scary movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. Or like scary anything type of person. So while I did no. indulge in the best Halloween candy there is, which is candy corn, uh, I didn't. I didn't. Disgusting. I I didn't. You know, I didn't like watch a bunch of movies or anything like that because it's too scary. 
I, I got a, I picked up a, I picked up a lot of candy, but I made sure that in my pickup, I got a bag of a hundred grand bars as well. Treated myself to those. They're all gone now. Oh, bag but, them. How much did that cost? God, an arm and a leg. It's a great, that's a great year round candy. It's a, but it's never better than when you get it in your Halloween bag, you know? I mean, yeah, you can have year round candies in proximity to Halloween. Totally. It's appropriate. <laughs> it's just not a Halloween candy, but yeah. It's a good thing they have Halloween sizes of them. Well, Therefore, making size. them Halloween candy. Halloween bag size. They sell those. They <laughs> literally sell those bags all around the year, though. <laughs> Mark, what'd you get up to? Uh, How'd your we, costumes go? Costumes went good. I uh, had to shave to be Hal Jordan in high school, and I might keep it. Might keep it, and typically don't. But uh, you know, I was looking around at some other costumes where people weren't shaving off, and I was just like, doesn't look right. Let's see what they say they are. <laughs> Doesn't look like it. And so with that internal thought, I knew I had to shave if I was going to be Hal Jordan in high school. Uh, from DC Superhero Girls. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It makes me giggle. But more important, my daughter <laughs> loved it. And uh, she was Wonder Woman. So we went as friends. Yeah, Diana <laughs> Prince. Diana you, can just tell her, <laughs> you can just tell her you're the evil version. That works, right? No. No. no, although that is true. Like the only beards in that show that I'm trying to think of is like Zod. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how about you? Did you get up to anything? You watch scary movies? What'd you do? Uh, we ended up watching Witches, not the remake, but the original one with Angelica Me too. Houston. Yeah, Me I too. love that movie. That's my I first had time not seen it. Oh, it's it was gross. my it was my wife's first time seeing it. She had never seen it before. I have not seen it since I was like a kid. So it was a lot of fun getting to go and see that again. I kind of want to watch the remake now just because I, I forgot how much I love the story. Which um, convention? Then, Who knew? <laughs> and then other than that, um, we uh, we left a bowl of candy out because our neighborhood, they do like they had trick or treaters. It was like uh, they called it a Halloween parade or something. So it was like no contact trick or treating. And uh, they they ate most of the candy. We had some Reese's peanut butter cups, which I love, but it's a candy I can enjoy at any time of the year. And uh, also some fun sized Twizzlers, which Ooh. are fun, but also not. necessarily. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sensing blowback from Jeff and John over, over our, our, our fantastic four. Halloween John and candy I dates. are in one mind when it comes to this in terms of all. <laughs> can we, we can all agree though, that those mini Reese's cups would be better if they just took the paper off of the cups. Like I don't need to unwrap twice. Yeah, I don't mind was, the paper. Um, it was I like the freshness, the flat ones. It keeps structure oh. to it. You know which ones I'm talking about. I like those. like a, like a okay, real. I like the cup? paper on those. I like the, the paper. full. Yeah, I feel like you cup. need the paper on those. But I know I'm what you're talking about, about the, the mini, little mini ones. ones. Yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. It's just that's too much. Then your hands get all chocolatey. Yeah. <laughs> you you guys did agree with me on just the home baked goods, correct? Davis, like. No, <laughs> you know I thought James was an old man. Like, when did you go trick or treating in the 1910s? That's well, so you know, incredibly dangerous. Everyone gets an unless apple. you know everybody in the neighborhood. Yeah, We're from a small town. It's, it's I fine. guess. I mean, dear lord, man. What, what is this no contact trick or treating either? Isn't trick or treating always no contact? Who's making contact with the kids on a regular Halloween? Well, I think it's just handing out the like handing. Yeah, I'm out not. Halloween. I'm not actually handing out the candy. They're not coming to my door. Yeah. Yeah, we left a bowl out in front of our door with a hand pump sani station. And oh, there was still idea. candy left at the end of the night. So I know no one went without. So good. Man, I, I was not a good boy when it came to those bowls. 
<laughs> I, was, I was definitely a yoinker. I would, I would, I would, I would have to go back home to empty the bag out before heading back out. That's great. That's that's great. <laughs> Good one. I mean, you got to be an idiot. Trick or treat. <laughs> Good to know you've grown I, so much. They never saw me coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I uh, did, did anybody watch like uh, any more? You, you guys watch witches, Davis? You watch any scary movies? No, Anything? we went to what our COVID do? party, so we. Oh, that's right, that's right. So we. That's actually why this is a contactless some. podcast. I forgot about that. How is are that you like feeling? One of those parties where you're trying to con- contract COVID to get immunity, or is it like Her. Mask of the Red Death, where it, uh, you're all going to be punished for <laughs> herd immunity party? Yeah, <laughs> one person had it, and you just had to see how. And he kissed everyone on the mouth. <laughs> Yikes, dude! Uh, but yeah, no, we apples. we dressed up. We did our makeup. I was beetle. Oh yeah, you look great. Yeah, Thank your Beetlejuice you. was amazing. Uh, I don't. Yeah, think, was... I don't think I saw the picture, of Courtney. Uh, she was behind me. She didn't like her dress that much, so she was hiding in pictures. But I thought it was great. Uh, I like that you still have the ho- the horror theme in your background of your uh, webcam image right now too, though. Yeah, you know we have the <laughs> death curtain, the shower from Psycho. Yeah, the shower from Psycho. <laughs> the ficus that's dying. Uh, so there's it's a the garage of... from Scream with yeah. uh, Rose McGowan's body still hanging from it. Which I watched Scream on Halloween actually, along with several other horror films. It was great. Watched Legend of Sleepy Hollow, one of my favorite uh, Disney cartoons. Cabin oh, yeah. in the Woods, which I which I hadn't seen uh, before actually. Remake? What? Oh, no, I guess there's only been one. Sorry. I was thinking Cabin Fever recently. Yeah, no, not Cabin Fever. I watched Cabin in the Woods, which is great. I uh, I am remiss that I had not watched it yet. And I watched uh, BDNS favorite Oculus as well, uh, which is uh, still holds up. <laughs> Love that movie. <laughs> Feed her I, some plates. I did watch uh, the Johnny Depp Sleepy Hollow that day while I was getting ready. I love that movie. Yeah, what? Well, I, I, I didn't remember fondly of it, but I, I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> Casper Van Dien, friend of the show. For- that's a damn right friend of the show. <laughs> um, all right. Well, before we before we move on with the rest of the show's festivities, we're going to be kind of all over the place. But, you know, I did get to visit uh, Jeff and Mark down in Southern California. And Jeff, you and I got into some board games when I was uh, so graciously being put up in, in your home. And I want I want to get into some of those games because I think uh, the Nerdosphere really appreciates your board game reviews and just uh, we weave us a tale of what we played. So. Um, uh, I, I guess like the, the main game that I specifically purchased just for you to come and play was Star Wars Rebellion from, uh, Fantasy Flight Games. It's basically the original Star Wars trilogy all in one board game. It's just one player is the Empire, one player is the Rebellion, and the two of you are just battling, not for supremacy, I suppose. The Rebellion's just trying to survive long enough to build up enough political clout to over overrun the empire and the empire is just trying to snuff out the rebellion. Um, that is a lot of fun. It's, um, it, it's a beautifully balanced game, even though the two groups are, are not balanced at all. I really enjoyed the whole style of it. I like the miniatures. I had never played it before. Um, I just, I had a great time and it was much simpler than I yeah. thought it would be. Cause it looks really complicated out of the box. I was very worried that when we were getting ready to play it, that it was just going to be, it was the star Wars card game all over again to me. I was like, this is like, it looks amazing. And I enjoy looking at all of it, but this is just too much for, for my mind to grasp right now, but playing the simplified rules, uh, it, it was, it was very easy. So it's some similarities to risk. 
but I yeah. think it did a really good job of um, of simulating what it would be like to be the rebellion. <laughs> In in that sense, speaking as the person that played as the rebellion, I was terrified every turn because they are just so outgunned by the empire, and and you're trying to find my base. Um, and what what I didn't realize going in is like, even if you if you find it, which you did pretty late in the game, you you still have a chance to escape, which I di- I didn't have as firm of a grasp of that um as when we first started playing it but it does a really good job of of simulating i think what it's like to be in each side's position of, of being the rebellion or being the empire like jeff i think first or second turn you blew up a planet with the death star almost immediately and yeah, I, <laughs> that was brutal death star, which i think is awesome I yeah didn't have like, to build yeah. it or anything and so um <laughs> oh james james did something shitty with chewbacca <laughs> So the next, the next turn, I blew up Kashyyyk. Yeah, <laughs> no more Wookies. Well, you gotta set an example. Also, yeah, exactly. they're dogs. They're dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, a dog planet. I mean, when a dog, when a dog gets g- goes bad, like, well, you bites the hand that feeds you. Yeah. Many Wookies died it. to bring us that and then, information. And then I got to blow up two more planets before uh, the Death Star was... Fu- Actually, I don't even think I could have blown up any more planets after was that. It, were you just you blowing need, like, up like the, the next planet that you arrived at? Or was yes. it like... <laughs> did, did you gain anything from this? No. Um, yeah, you do, because... Mass, uh, mass death. <laughs> you get... Uh, you basically Kill intimidate count. other planets in that system to sort of be loyal, mm. so it gets me like extra resources. Um... It's a planet that James can't hide on anymore. That was like how yeah. I was trying to find his rebel bases. I'm yeah. just gonna blow up every fucking planet well, in the I mean, in the galaxy. On, honestly, if there's one rebel on that planet, I feel like it's justified. Oh, there always was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a great time doing it. Also, it was just so much fun because it seems so intimidating and cool. And I was it, it was. And it you was get, terrifying. You, you get like different um like heroes or leaders in your group. And so I always tried to have Grand Moff Tarkin be the one who was on the Death Star giving the order. Um, I think there was one time where it wasn't him, but yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. My favorite part, other than blowing up the planets, was I captured and turned one of James's heroes to the dark side. And it was none other than Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. <laughs> and James, James had no idea this was going to happen because I captured Luke Skywalker the same turn. I, I had no idea it was possible. <laughs> so he was like, oh, shit. He, and he could only and like you go back and forth. So and he in, decided yeah. to in James's mind. Base. He's like, I'm going to save Luke and this is going to be the best. Oh, I did ever. save Leia, yeah. which was great. Oh, yeah. he, he did save other people. Yeah, but if but you like, had to so, choose. Yeah. No, what but like in terms of like being he, like the movies. He decided to relocate his rebel base, which, I mean, it was a good idea. But then since he did that, I had both Vader and and the Emperor basically just torture Luke they, until he became they, part they of the gave dark him a, side. They gave him a dark side lap dance. And then Luke <laughs> permanently switched to my side and I could use him as a character after that, which was so great. And you lost reputation because it was Luke Skywalker. The only thing was he was not a Jedi Knight yet. That would have been yeah. even better. Yeah, because like Jedi Luke is a very powerful uh, card, just l- having looked at it, or leader, rather. That I like that the irony was that so when, when you're blowing up planets, it definitely helps the Empire, but I got a card late in game that uh, basically advanced me down the victory track based on the number of planets that have been destroyed. And since Jeff awesome. destroyed the max number, I was like, okay, well, this helped me a lot, actually. Uh, and we ended the game. I, I blew up the Death Star, and that's what put me over the edge to get me enough victory points, essentially, to 
quote win. I mean, the, the, it doesn't really feel like winning with the Rebel Alliance. It's just sort of like keep away. Uh, but well, it, like, mean, it's just such a great game. Wedge and Tilly's Hero of the Rebellion. Yes. He was the one who. Uh, he was always <laughs> left. <laughs> <that star>. <laughs> <Yeah>. Should have been me. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah God, i mean what just an awesome game that was that was uh a really cool experience and it feels like every time i visit you have something new some new board game wrinkle to show me and that star wars rebellion was was definitely one the other one was and i know you talked about this both in the discord and i think on the podcast before but call to adventure is an excellent game we got we got to play that oh, yeah. too which was a lot of fun um if you want to remind people what call to adventure is like um it's like so it's kind of a storytelling game where through cards, pretty much, and uh, yeah, it's, it's like it the hero's journey builds itself. Game. Yeah, yeah. And um, since James and I were playing it together, there's a couple of different formats you can play. We could either have been racing to see who becomes the ultimate hero first, but um, we decided to join forces and we were going up against who was our antagonist in that one? The or warlock. The adversary. It was the warlock. Yeah, that was a lot of fun and. We both made it right to the end. Was I trying to think how it ended up? I took pictures of the board, but um, I don't know. I had a really good time getting to play with somebody else. I thought that was a lot of fun. I yeah. just I love the artwork on the on the different cards. I think it's just a beautiful looking game. And also it's like super simple, too. And yeah. easy cleanup because it's just cards and uh, the yeah. room dice, which are kind of fun. Yeah, very except. Yeah. And very unique. You know, yeah. you don't you don't see a lot of that. Um, but yeah, we, we also got to play last Friday, which is. Uh... Well, that was just the theme. It was <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was. Yeah, exactly. That was definitely on brand battle ball. Uh, awesome stuff. It was just. And, uh... and I killed all those campers last Friday. I killed <laughs> you, them just like one right after the other. It was you did. But I think that was my the most fun I had playing it, though, because the one that basically the character that I wanted to be the predestined got to be. Even though it, cool. even though I didn't catch you at the end, um, hear that, Mark? Yeah, you was... didn't enjoy playing with us the first time. I know. Why well, play with all my friends? I just play with Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> it just played out better. I think it's probably better suited for a two-person game. <laughs> if oh, you want to no, win, I, I I like the idea of playing with a bunch of people. I think it's best that way. James likes it that way. Buddy doll. Because Mark, Mark started doing some, some stuff that James didn't like the first time we played. He was like, what are you doing? You're going to get him killed. Well, that that's, like that's, that's sort of the rub with last Friday. I feel like last Friday, it's very <laughs> difficult for the campers to win in general. So it, you you need one mind, I guess, if, if you're the campers, if you really want to win. But whatever. Um, in, like in going back and mind. rewatching a lot of the Friday the 13th movies, they don't win anyway. So what does it matter? <laughs> Um, but yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. What, what else you guys been up to Mark? You, you doing, you doing anything besides shaving your face there any, any nerdy wares that you've picked up No, Not a man. I'm actually uh, reading through age of apocalypse right now. That's uh, cool. Jeff lent a couple of, uh, big old thick tomes, uh, in that regard. So I'm working my way through the first volume and it's pretty wild. Yeah. The first story he's going to be able yeah. to read. So that's exciting. Marvel, yeah. you say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty reminiscent of every other giant event that happens. But like, you know, <laughs> it was cool. very ambitious wow. at the time because like '90s X-Men was very hot selling. Yeah, and they well, put the entire story on all the titles on hold just to do that. I mean, that was the X-Men comic that that month. That was the yeah. X-Factor comic because that that's what I'm that reading weird, right now man. is. Because, yeah, like the the four issues 
that was uh, Legion and the ultimate death of Professor X, spoiler, uh, to what kicks off Age of Apocalypse. But now it's like every subsequent issue within like the, the collection is the one shot of now here's what this team's doing and here's what Generation yeah. X is doing and here's what Excalibur is doing. And it's a little too much jumping. I'm just like, I want the story. I don't care about this guy. Show me the rest of the story. <laughs> it's all those tie-ins of all these crossover events where it's like, just get me to the main core line. She stole but DC it's good. Guy. It is good. I, I've never, it's I've never about heard the journey, not the destination. I've, I've never heard Mark be so critical of a DC crossover event. <laughs> no, never, not I mean, once. No, whether it's Marvel the, or get, DC, like all Court the of crossover Owls, events I can't, are I like can't that. wait to read about what Batwoman was doing during the Court of Owls. Is what no, Mark I completely was agree with you. That's, that's just how these giant crossovers are. So it's just like, cool. That was awesome for like four issues. The main thing going on now is like, oh yeah, let's see what these guys were doing. Cool. All right. What about these guys? All right. But at least tying itself in pretty buying. good, though. Yeah, because Magneto keeps showing up between them all, and and uh, Bishop showing up between most of them so far. So it's getting there. I'm really excited <laughs> to see where it goes. John, how have you spent your suspension? Uh, doing... I was playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3 Early Access, which is like a Forgotten Realms CRPG game for yeah. PC. And uh, I was having a lot of fun, although... I don't know if it's just not optimized or like my PC is just just old enough that it really can't handle it because like I would play for like a half hour and my uh, graphics card would overheat and I would start to smell smoke and then the game would crash and I'd have to turn my computer off for like an hour. Jesus. So I, I made it like through the first chapter. I don't know how far the early access goes. I, I don't think it's the full game, but uh, I made it to the point where my drill ranger is going to have to adventure through the underdark on the way to Baldur's Gate. So uh, I'm looking forward to jumping back in, but hopefully, you know, they fix it so I don't burn the apartment down. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if since you I, can, <laughs> yeah. And then, since since I couldn't really devote as much time to that as I wanted, uh, the World of Warcraft uh, Shadowlands pre patch has come out, and it's changed a lot of things about the game, including the leveling system. So I've just been leveling up a bunch of alts, getting ready for the new expansion that's coming out in a couple weeks. And we as a show will be getting ready for that as well. We're going to be doing a World of Warcraft episode very, very soon. So uh, look, looking forward Davis, to you should Davis, why to, aren't you on board? Davis, you should be on it just to tell <laughs> horror stories of Tim and I's <laughs> progress, progression rating back in college. I don't think what? anything has really changed since then. So. Oh, it has. It has. That was, a, that was excessive. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we're going to get into The Mandalorian Season 2. We're going to talk about The Boys, other news and notes that have been going on underneath our noses while we've been uh, sort of into the, the horror realm of things. So we're going to get back on track here on The Best Damn Nerd Show on the other side. Hey, everyone. Chris Seglia here, CEO of the Tenno Media Network. I would like to say thank you for checking out one of our podcasts, but we need your help. You can support Tenno in a multitude of ways. By going to our website and checking out our latest podcasts, by buying some sweet merch, joining our Discord, or getting early and exclusive access to all content via our Patreon. Your support means the world to us, and you can find everything on our website, www.10-o.gg. That's T-E-N-O.gg. Thank you again, and now, back to the show. Hey, hey nerd, Loremaster Tim here, and I've come with a rather indecent proposal. We want you to join in the conversation. 
If you aren't already a member of our Discord, what are you even doing? You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TheBDNS. And if you're crazy, odds are we'll talk about it on the show. So get kooky, and above all, let's get nerdy. It's me, Iron Sh- No, uh, Iron Nerd Minmaxer, Hanzo Gonzo, inviting you into Kitchen- No, 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 no. Uh, the Tenno Media Arena to see whose nerdiness will reign sup- No, no, we're gonna get sued. If you, uh, will triumph a lot, Lee. Come check out all the battles on the Tenno Media Network Patreon, or you can just skip to the parts where Steve physically breaks something for no reason. See you there. Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. Bimbo Jimbo in with Jeff Budd, Mark Turex, Chris Davis, and Jonathan Craig. Uh, and we're going to get into sort of a, a new segment here as we wanted to play catch up on some of the things that have been going on while we were, were doing our October episodes. So we're going to unveil Nerdgasm or Nogasm, which is sort of like a buy or sell type segment. So I'm going to throw some stuff out at my illustrious panel here and they're, and they're going to give me their take on what's been going on. And I, I want to start with season two of the boys. Uh, we did our, of course, you know, ratings bonanza episode about the boys season one and looking forward to season two and everything like that. Uh, but the boys season two, in your opinion, it kept the momentum and the quality from season one. Jeff, we'll start with you. Nerdgasm uh, or nogasm on that? Nogasm. That's a big old nogasm. Uh, I don't think he kept the momentum, and it certainly didn't keep the quality. It's weird. It was only eight episodes long, and I felt like half the season was filler, and I don't think there was a satisfying payoff. Okay. Uh, what, what did you think about some of the new characters? And, and I mean... I don't know. I liked a lot of it. I didn't like how they did my guy Black Noir d dirty at one point, in my opinion. But what did you think of some of the new characters? In Dude, it? Your complaint with Black Noir is like the thing that I don't care about at all. I thought that was fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, Davis. The, Son of he, a... <laughs> I think he I think he fell asleep during that part. Uh, the yeah, Stormfront thing. I mean, she was fine on the show, but I mean, honestly, once you start reading the comic books, you start seeing where some of the 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 shortfalls are on the the series i also feel like homelander i don't know man like he started off all right as always he was amazing in season one but i i don't i don't think anything like was that great accomplished at the end of the season and i don't think it leaves him like in a good place or anything like that Marco, same question to you. Trying to be careful with spoilers. Sorry, Chris. Um, man, having to be so black and white is hard. I uh, same momentum as the first. I'll say a no gasm to that for sure. I still greatly enjoyed it, but to Jeff's point with with like Homelander, it sets himself at in the end of season one as this really twisted individual, and I feel like his whole character arc in season two was trying to make him human. Again, it was like him trying to kind of refine his humanity as a father. And Homelander's a cold-hearted son of a bitch. That's exactly who he should be. He shouldn't be triveling around with his stepping wife and his new child. Like, I don't care. That's not entertaining to me. I thought he um, kind of, I thought he took kind of a babyface turn sort of late in season two. That's what I'm saying. I, I, didn't, I didn't care for that. I like him being very dark, very cold, and unstoppable. Also, it's kind of stupid to do a babyface thing with him because you know it's not going to finish yeah. that way. So it's yeah. like, sure. why even bother? 
honestly. He, yeah. he just is so much more likable when when next to Stormfront. <laughs> It's just yeah. sort of interesting in that in that way, but continue on, Mark. But I do like uh, you know the ultimate evolution for Maeve's character. I thought that was kind of something missing from season one, so I, I thought there were some good points there for her. Um, I, I thought they did some decent development with the female, uh, you know, even though they gave her a name, but you know, she had female a name in season one, didn't she? She shouldn't have. Well, stick to the lore of the comics. So oh, um, I guess that do, do you do you feel like that reading the comics has sort of lessened your enjoyment of the TV show then? Um, I mean, it, they're very different from each other. They, they are quite are boring different. as fuck regardless. Yeah. Okay, that, Let's not pretend that the question. comics ruined season two. Season two yeah. is not that great a season. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of what happened in season two isn't even from the books. It's them just going off script and doing something different um yeah but that's completely. that's why i asked the question and, and i don't think it held up to some of the storylines that was actually going on that, if if the expectations of what you read since they are doing their own thing if that negatively impacted how you view the show i think if it was the same quality of writing it wouldn't be a big deal but it's not davis what say you nerdgasm or nogasm on the boys season two i know you haven't quite finished it yet I'm going to give it a nerdgasm. <laughs> Is that a Doombot? <laughs> That's a nerdgasm, my boys. Uh, no, I I am enjoying it quite a bit. I like the different take they're I'm taking with Davis, Homelander. I'm Davis's points up. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're uh, going a little bit different so far from what I've seen them six episodes in. And that, because the first season... You know, he uh, gets rid of his mother figure. And I think he is trying to change uh, a little bit and take some more control for himself and uh, not be so reliant on somebody like that. And I think there's some wanted change by him. I doubt it's going to keep. And I think you can read into that uh, throughout the season. So maybe that's not as well done as it could be. But I, I kind of like that. And then... Uh, with the boys themselves, I you know I like getting a little bit more out of Frenchie's backstory a little bit. Mm -hmm. MVP of the season. And uh, Mother's Milk, I still haven't seen too much, but I still enjoy the character quite a bit. But I also love what I recently saw with uh, the Deep and A Train going into the church. Uh, that was that was fun to me. I <laughs> I like A Train trying to change it up a little bit. And Maeve has also been uh, a good change at this. Stormfront, on the other hand, I've never been a big fan of that actress. And she kind of just bugs me. She She's like uh, the new girl. Um, Zoe Nudishna. There's just something with about... The big knees? I, <laughs> yes, with the big knees. Big knees. <laughs> There's just something about a couple of these actresses that I just... I don't like their deliveries and... I, I just can't really get behind them. So she's not a big win for me. Do you honestly think what's going on with Butcher this season is interesting? Uh, with Butcher at the beginning, yes, but not not since probably episode okay. three. I haven't really got much from him since then. So I would Talk agree to me to in that. two episodes, too. I'm curious to see what you think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, re I actually really enjoyed the finale. I'm not going to spoil anything. Uh, when, the when I the watched... show is called The Boys, though, right? Could could the boys do something? <laughs> <laughs> and 
Mark, you always say, you know, like it for what it is. Don't worry about the comics. You know, it's a new, I, it's a new story for them. Just enjoy it for Mark what it is. About that. I prefaced it saying <laughs> I enjoyed season two. Did it hold the same momentum as season one? And were things be- better portrayed in the comics that maybe negatively impacted how I'm analyzing season two? Sure. I still stand by. I enjoyed it. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah, I agree, I agree with Mark on that front. I enjoy it wasn't as good, but it it still was it still was enjoyable uh, to me. And I, I did really enjoy the finale. I didn't know I was watching the finale, <laughs> like until like a bunch of like stuff started going down. Because I was, the like, story is so monotonous, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, uh, David. It's like, yeah, like this season was so boring. I wanted to fast forward during the last episode. Like oh, Davis, have you gone to no, the? I, uh... I remember texting you during the finale, Jeff, and I was just thinking, I was like, he's not enjoying it like I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I enjoyed like none of it. Yeah. Oh, I, was so I mean, confused. have you gone to the no. uh, the court? Have you gone to court yet? No, Chris. No. <sighs> All right. I was very confused <laughs> to see my Ice Man be a Fire Boy. And I was I not think happy. That was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> what a waste he was too. That that was a that was a sort of. A, I actually well, like, but I will. I say like Lamplighters. Lamp, yeah, I think Lamplighter is better in the show than he was yeah. in the comics. There's yeah, a whole other gimmick that they do in the comics. And totally I, serves a purpose in the comics, and I, it's exciting to see if they yeah. go that route at some point in the show. That but, would be yeah, interesting. I like what they did with his character. It had a lot more depth to it. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's move on. Uh, we previously talked about on episode uh, John Boyega voicing his displeasure with with Disney, with how he was treated in you know the those unfortunate Star Wars sequel movies. Uh, he gave an interview, and it came out. They said that after he spoke out, an executive from Disney got in touch with him. It was a very honest, a very transparent conversation. There was a lot of explaining on their end. In terms of the way they saw things, they gave me a chance also to explain what my experience was like. I'd hope that me being so open with my career at this stage would help the next man, the guy that wants to be the assistant, the DOP, the guy that wants to be a producer. I hope that the conversation is not such a taboo or elephant in the room now because someone just came out and said it. So... No. Nergasm or nogasm, John, on you know this sort of follow-up. Are you are you buying this sort of interplay with Disney and John Boyega being a positive, or is this just damage control maybe from both of them? Um, uh, I'm full on nogasm for this. I think I think that it's a PR move for Disney, and I think John Boyega is incredibly disingenuous to write that he's doing this for the next man up. It's that's some pussy ass bullshit, dude. Like you posted it on Twitter like a little bitch instead of just going directly to the people you have an issue with and having a conversation with them. You posted something on social media for attention and to get people to stir people up. And then that led to a conversation. I think originally it was an interview with GQ, I want to say. I think originally. All right, fine. GQ, whatever, whatever it is, it's still a pussy ass bitch move. And that's what he did. So no, I don't I don't I don't buy it one bit. If you have a problem with somebody you work with, bring it up to them. Or if you're too much of a bitch to bring it up, then don't bring it up and just swallow it. But don't don't do a fucking interview about it and then that leads to a to a mediated conversation and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm doing this for like give uh, you know, ascribe some like importance to it as if so you're some you're, fucking you're, martyr. You're, you're, you're no. not buying any altruism on, on no, John Boyega's Absolutely part. not, okay. dude. It's complete publicity stunt for him, and so is doing this meeting for Disney. It's all BS and I like 
I'm fine if you want to if you want to go out and talk shit publicly about your employers, but don't do the latter half of that statement that you just read. I well, so I I bought you know how he felt you know and that what he said in that interview, but now coming out saying this, it does feel like maybe a little bit of worry about his career and future coming into play. Yeah. But what say you, Mark? Not invested. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not invested guess, with these I, I don't stories. Think should, I don't think anyone should hire him, honestly. Like, yeah. I, if you're if you're gonna work with people in very difficult conditions, which is making you know massive budget films, they're very difficult things to do. And if and if your takeaway from a very stressful ex- team experience is to then go out and like trash the team that you worked with publicly, yeah, no one should hire you, dude. Like, your career should be over. <laughs> And he, like, he, like you have nobody to blame but yourself. You know what I mean? All right, John calling for the end of John Boyega's career. Cancel him. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, Davis, what about you? Where, where do you come down on this? Me and my boy Craig. No-gasming over here. I love it, Craig. Let's do this. All right. Uh, yeah. Gasming to my no-gasm? No, I'm a no-gas. I'm with you. We're no-gasming together. We're both unsatisfied here. Uh, (laughs) This this I'm used to. Boyega's going to find out real hard what the mouse can do in Hollywood. Uh, I don't... (laughs) The mouse has a lot of control over here, and yes, it was a PR move uh, for the mouse to do this on their end, uh, but they're holding the cards here, and I think Boyega realized that... uh, pretty quickly afterwards and that's what that's what stemmed this and finally jeff uh let's make it three for three it's a no-gasm on my end um with one abstention from mark (laughs) yeah my whole thing with john boyega is his complaint is still only his perception it's not a fact that disney sidelined him and that he was just some sort of like token hire like he had said um if you watch Force Awakens, just because he's one of the characters that in, that is introduced first, I mean, it's clear that Rey is going to be like the main character. She's the she's the Luke. She's the Jedi. She always he's was, not part uh, of the like family bloodline that's being yeah, followed for this exactly. story. Like, no one cares about you, dude. <laughs> and, I, I, do th- I, mean, I still don't see why. Ball... Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna Wait. say, like, I I know a lot of these complaints that have been coming out again, very loosely following, not that invested. But it all seemed to stem around Ryan Johnson's takeover of the franchise, and yet everyone's wanting to blame the mouse when they should blame the real problem, Ryan Johnson. Well, I mean, couldn't the mouse have stopped Ryan Johnson, though? And also, John Boyega then also complains about the Rise of Skywalker film, and it's like, well, that was also J.J. Abrams. So is J.J. Abrams the one who was building everything up, or is he the one that took everything away? Or is he the one that's responsible for everything? And yeah, it was a stupid story that ryan johnson put together but it it's not to say that it wasn't salvageable i think the problem was that jj well the problem with the trilogy is that jj abrams and ryan johnson had like this very weird like passive aggressive fight in the movies where each in the movies where where, like each movie was then basically just a slap in the face to the previous film and it's like why are we doing this uh, you may not be happy with how the last Jedi turned out, but the rise of Skywalker has to play off of what the last Jedi set up. Instead, he wasted a very, like the majority of a very long movie, just trying to retcon or fix what was going on in the last Jedi. It's like, no man, you roll with those punches and you can get something from it. I mean, if, if they say that Ray's lineage is nothing, you go with that. 
if uh you know kylo ren is now um like the head muckety muck like that's how it's going to be there's been no mention of the emperor before this then we can't just shoehorn him in at the end and it's like my problems with the trilogy john boyega being sidelined is like very low on the list it would have been nice <laughs> to have more with finn i do think finn was a wasted character but i mean fuck if i'm looking at it who wasn't a wasted character wasted three movies i don't know maybe no. if he was just more interesting like yeah. as an actor well my whole thing I, is like I you know boyega has oh why do you like the pacific rim sequel so much james john boyega doesn't have a lot <laughs> under his belt and he was like just kind of a jerk about the whole thing you can't just it in 2020 you cannot accuse a company of racism when there's not real evidence of it that is a really nasty accusation yeah, that's true. And that's, that's unacceptable a, that's a to do something like that without any real evidence. He just says that. That's how he feels. And that's supposed to be okay. What well, what if everybody really took a cue from that and then Ryan Johnson gets in trouble? And he's like, I wasn't trying to be racist. And, and for what? I was trying to crap on Star Wars. Because his character, yeah, which is already a side character, has like minimal representation in the movie. And also, like, did he not still have his own storyline? Was it a stupid storyline? Sure, but there were entire scenes that were just really about him. Yeah, and if he was a better actor, yeah, I, maybe I, those I, scenes I think, would have been more interesting. I, I think the I liked matter him. is they were just they were just bad <laughs> I liked movies. Him in it. He he, he liked was one Finn of the more the intriguing one. characters <laughs> until Finn. it all until it all went <laughs> sideways. But let's go to his uh, one of his Star Wars co stars, Oscar Isaac, being cast as Moon Knight. Nergasm or no gasm to that news? Davis, we'll start with you. I gotta give it a nerdgasm. <laughs> <laughs> I like your nerdgasms are the best. Yeah, change it up each time. I think he's fading. You make me think that you you nerdgasm like with me like nobody else. <laughs> uh, you know, I, almost I believe it. I love this. I love Oscar Isaac. I love the idea of Moon Knight getting story, getting getting some film time. Let's do it. Let's get this. Let's kick this pig. I- I'm in. Let's go. Marco? Uh, Moon Knight is rad. Oscar Isaac's fantastic. Match made in heaven? Possibly. What I'm really curious, though, is what kind of suit are we getting with Moon Knight? Are we going old school hood or are we going so. white blazer suit? I hope I like that one. I want the hood. I want the hood. Are, are you giving me nerdgasm or nogasm, Mark? I need. I need you nerd-gasm. to say the words. Say the words. <laughs> nerdgasm. <laughs> say the words. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, where are you coming down on it? Um, I'll give it a nerdgasm because it's yeah. night. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get too excited about o- Oscar Isaac, do you guys remember him as Apocalypse? Like. <laughs> <laughs> that we all like, know it, that it was, was like poe dameron so great like i mean he's he seems fine but i'm really just more excited for moon knight in this general is, and you, this you could put anybody under the hood because oscar isaac his true greatest performance was in the movie 10 years which if you haven't seen go know. out of your way to watch it it's about a 10-year high school reunion he's the best character in it he super feels in it he's oh, great God. It, no, what's that? What's that slut robot movie? movie? It so unpleasant, doesn't it? No, it's, oh, it's, it's, uh, no, it's tremendous. Ex slutty robot. Ex machina. In it. Yeah, I saw that. It's, yeah, yeah he's been in that too. But ten years. Do yourself a favor. Watch ten years. John, where are you, what do you say? Nerdgasm or no gasm? I want to give it a no gasm because of his association with John Boyega. <laughs> but since I'm giving it a nerdgasm. I'm saying nerdgasm. Good lord. Really what a reason. Like that guy. <laughs> I'm just trying to All piss right. off the John Boyega subreddit. 
Yeah, okay, so yeah, it's well, welcome That's the back to the John. How, how yeah. nice for you to stop by this month. Thank you. Now, goodbye. I'll be canceled after this episode for saying anything negative about him anyway. Yeah, tape your mouth shut. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, let's keep it with uh, with the sort of the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's WandaVision uh, is coming out towards the end of this year. Are we nerdgasm or no-gasming in our excitement level for WandaVision? Marco? No-gasm. No like, guys, I'm nothing. I, I don't <laughs> like. I, I, I move the needle. I haven't even. <laughs> yeah, I haven't looked at it. It's like the previews. It's like I guess they're in a sitcom, but I'm wondering, is it actually a sitcom? And then I question myself: Do I care enough to look into it to see if it is? <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, that's the real question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm with my boy Mark. If it was just Elizabeth Ol- Olsen, it's a nerdgasm all the time. But no, this is a total nogasm. The <laughs> well, show Paul looks Bettany. boring. I don't really give a shit. I don't give a shit about Scarlet Witch or Vision in the MCU. I like them in the comics. Mm. Um, I don't know if I really give a shit about the MCU anymore. I don't think I'm a nerd anymore. I don't want to do this podcast. <laughs> it's a no-gasm for me. When we come back from break, we're going to be a sports show. Yeah. <laughs> don't, I, I still have, I I still have the, uh, the alternate banners. Uh, Davis, what about you? Uh, it's, a, it's a very, very oh, dry. No. I know it very dry. No, no-gasm. So, oh. Wanda and oh, Vision. Well, that's not going to stop me, Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and they just... They just don't do it for me. They don't even make it twitch. You know, it's just, it's just not there. I can't even, Spark can't even get out. it going. So oh, I, I, the, this, right. well, this story is uh, no, just lackluster. Five. Disney Plus needs more shows. Yeah, they're they're gonna well, have hey, to. We're getting, we're getting uh, dig a little deeper. The Falcon. I'm not watching that. That's a nerdgasm for me, John. What about you? Be in a movie. <laughs> I don't want to watch. I feel the exact same way as Mark. Like I don't get it. I don't get it at all, and I don't really. It looks so stupid that I don't even want to look into it. If I hear like years from now that it was a good show, I might check it out. But yeah, it looks. All right, what about this show? John Cena, (laughs) The Peacemaker, HBO Max. He's getting a show. Nerdgasm, nogasm. Marco, what do you got? Absolutely nerdgasm. (laughs) Super stoked for this. First of all, it's John Cena. You see 12 rounds? You should. It's a fine film. Also, (laughs) The Marine. Excellent, excellent film. So seeing him as Peacemaker is very exciting. Uh, definitely excited for people to finally get acquainted with the character because most people only know about the comedian's reference form. <laughs> and and that's it. So uh, John Cena, man, anything he does is gold. You heard his albums? I, 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 went, I went there to, to Warehouse the first day to buy his album when it first came out. Oh, uh, there, Davis, what about you? What a surprise, on, Mark. Baby. You had a nerdgasm for a DC character. So Boston. strange. No-gasm. This is a oh. no-gasm. This is motivated by your hatred of pro wrestling. This is motivated by a shit character that I don't give a shit about. That's already going to be in the Suicide Squad movie. I don't need. You I like, don't need more you of like, this guy. You like the comedian in uh, Watchmen? I love the comedian. I don't need That's a whole movie is. about. That's who it I is. I don't need a whole movie about him. I'm liking him as a team. That's all I need. I don't need him in a full movie. I don't need John Cena because he's never made a good movie in his life. So how dare you? Fred <sighs> cameos. 
They, yeah, he was. The, he was, the, he was the, <laughs> arguably the best part of the franchise. Maybe we should rewatch those. I'll bring Zika back in here, punish you dude. some more, Davis. I, I feel like. Yeah, the I feel like your Marine. good movie list, Mark, is a Zika list special. So, <laughs> blockers, dude. Blockers. Blockers was great. <laughs> what is oh, going blockers on? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. One. One fun. good movie. Name one good movie. How of fun. I can name two. No friend. Okay, Do not. That's why I'm gonna give it a nerdgasm. Daddy's Home one and two. Oh. Great movies, great movies, and and honestly, I I like I I don't like wrestling, but I do like people following in The Rock's footsteps because I think he is great, and I think given enough time, other wrestlers and enough chance enough at bats, <laughs> other wrestlers can also make the transition and be great entertainers outside of the wrestling world as well. And you used to like wrestling. I don't, I, I'm not. Yeah, when it was good. I'm, like no, in like I'm no gasming. You're not liking wrestling. We got to uh, do Jeff, a. Fi- finally to you. Nerdgasm or no gasm on. We got to do a suburban commando. Mr. Nanny watchathon with John to let him know that Hulk Hogan had paved the way long. Roddy Piper. Well, they live all... is still one of the best <laughs> movies that a wrestler. I'm giving all in. credit to the rock, but certainly, <laughs> but he's the biggest, yeah. I would say. Actually, do you guys not remember Hulk Stone Cold Steve Austin's cameos? on nash bridges nash bridges Dude. how about the condemned the condemned that was a <laughs> condemned was sick oh but, but i mean the rock has broken dope. through i would say maybe hulk hogan has broke through to the same yeah. extent thunder in paradise man he had his uh, own show hulk hogan uh thunder lips rocky three anyway yeah. uh, i'm giving this a uh, nogasm team nikki bella all day <laughs> wow dude no no come on man come on all right you had your well, chance john Boo. <laughs> hey, jo- John's got a new one now. Younger. Yeah, I saw. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, not yeah. Impressed. Well, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that Nikki Bella was cheating on him during Dancing with the Stars. Anyway, how convenient that she ended up. With you can't throw around partner. accusations like that, John Boyega. You don't know for a fact. I do know for a fact. <laughs> John Cena told me. I don't like it. We're gonna take one more break. On the other side, we're gonna get into the Mandalorian season two, and we're gonna pay tribute to Sir Sean Connery on the Best Damn Nerd Show. What up, nerds? Loremaster Tim here. We're excited to be delivering your weekly fix of nerd culture, but it's not enough. We need your life force to sustain us. So use those hot little hands to subscribe, rate, and review us on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or however you take your medicine. One of our favorite pastimes on the BDNS is reading fan mail on air. So sing us a song of hatred or love, and you may just hear your beautiful words being featured on an episode. That's why it's important, nay, essential to rate and review us. Until then... As always, nerds, say it loud, say it proud. Hey guys, it's the loquacious anime and manga lover Jammers here. Now I have watched a lot of anime and I've read an abundance of manga. So you would think that I have a pretty interesting opinion on the culture. From classics like Golden Boy and Ghost in the Shell to masterpieces such as Psychopaths and Gangst. Come and join me as I talk about the world of anime and manga, which has had a huge impact on my life. And who knows? Whatever I talk about and recommend to you guys could become one of your favorite series. Ammo with Jammers. It's the microphone alchemist Bimbo Jimbo here. And when I'm not verbally super kicking Last Jedi fans on the Best Damn Nerd Show or fantasy casting The Rock in another movie on the DLC, well, that's when I actually get to talk about wrestling. That's right. Come join me in the wrestling war room. 
where I take my mic to the mat and launch my hot takes about the Wednesday Night War between AEW and NXT. The Wrestling War Room, which side are you on? Hi, I'm Mark Truex, and you may know me as the CSO of Star Labs from the Best Damn Nerd Show, and I'd like to invite you to join me and the Imperial Commissar Jeff Budd on another podcast of ours, the Ultra Monthly Podcast, a retrospective and monthly show where we dive deep into the Ultraverse, the 1990 superhero comic book universe from Malibu Comics. And we believe it's prime time. The Ultraverse got the love it always deserved. Are you an Ultraforce fan? We are too. You missed the glory of the 90s comic book boom? So do we. And are you obsessed with these ultras? Damn right we are. And you can join us monthly as we geek out over classic characters like Prime, Mantra, Rune, and the Nightman. So jump on now to the Ultra Monthly Podcast and subscribe today on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts are found. Welcome back to the Best Damn Nerd Show. One final segment on this episode Bimbo Jimbo and with Jeff Bud, Mark Trex, John Craig, and Chris Davis. And I want to get into now, perhaps our, it, for those of you watching on YouTube, the visual gags continue, ladies and gentlemen. Je- Jeff Bud drinking out of his Mandalorian uh, coffee mug. It's a little late in the evening to be having coffee, perhaps something more soothing like some warm milk, perhaps. Jeff, what are you, what are you drinking there? Uh, just water. No, okay. So drinking some water out of your Mandalorian, your little mug. Because uh, yeah. if it was hot, uh, little baby Yoda and Mando would be on this side under the wanted, but it's just a you can bring it in hot or you can mug. bring it in cold. Uh, so <laughs> we are going to be talking about the Mandalorian season two. Perhaps this will become our our latest podcast within a podcast as Mandalorian is is a weekly uh, non binge show. So we'll have every opportunity uh, to discuss it here. But season two uh, was released whilst we were doing our our horror shows. Uh, so I wanted to get into what we thought about the season two debut and 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 dive into it. Uh, Jeff, we'll we'll start with we'll start with you. Overall thoughts on the premiere of season two of The Mandalorian? Started out strong. I absolutely adored it. I have a new favorite character in the series. I love Cobb Vant. I thought he was a total badass. Um, uh, the Tusken Raiders. It, I guess it's fine. I kind of like the idea of them just being like bloodthirsty savages that just will not interact with anybody else. But I mean, I don't know. It, it's not the end of the world that they actually were able to like communicate and work with them. Uh, the crate dragon was cool. I, I mean, I'll tell you one thing at the end, I was just like, is the Mandalorian just going to stand there and watch as like everybody else is doing stuff. And then it's like, okay, we're doing jetpack fighting too. Cause like, I was, I was like, this is kind of a weird <laughs> A weird ending to the to the episode. The two two best guys are just like I'm watching them watch the adventure. Yeah, you you, you made a, you made a lot of a lot of uh, sort of similar sentiments that uh, I I had going in, and I I'm going to circle back to all of them. But uh, Marco, overall thoughts on Mando season two debut? It was an amazing way back into the series. I uh, thought there's lots of great action. Just the fact that you got the dragon in there, something that you've always played with in a lot of video games and, and seen bones of. So to actually get like, I wasn't going to say a one-on-one necessarily, but <laughs> a full-on showdown not. with it uh, is great. Uh, lots of great nods uh, to some of the original films with the Boba Fett armor in there. Some teases of what may be happening for the season. 
Uh, Timothy Oliphant's always great. Uh, big Tremendous. fan ever since he was Mickey. Uh, so, yeah. It was great, man. I'm hooked in. I'm hooked back in. It's just as strong a showing as in first season. You're nerdgasming right now. I love it. Uh, Davis, what about you? We're not doing that nerdgasm anymore, huh? I got to stop gasming. No, you can gasm if you want. Mark's <laughs> gasming all over the place. Oh, do, you, do you still have any left in you? I got some gasm in me. Uh, <laughs> we'll get that blue chew sponsor if it kills me. <laughs> uh, uh, you got to love Timothy Oliphant, right? I mean, the guy's just a gem. Put him in everything. I love the man. Uh, so he's great. Uh, can we can we talk about the uh, the main issue with the show, though? That is, we'll get uh, into it. Just what what is your main issue? The the woman mechanic. Oh Let's, yeah, we'll get into that. We will get into that. She we is the we'll, She's that. the worst. She can take you out yeah. of anything. But no, the it was great. Awesome. Overall thoughts. It was great. I uh, love seeing the crate dragon, the pearl crate, the crate pearl at the end. Uh, man, I I, I love yeah. the references that they had How in this that episode. Fit in the lightsaber. It's, it's just, I love it. Uh, there's so many good moments in this episode. Really brought you back into the season and just pumped for uh, the rest of it. Man, I, I I agree with so much. I too nerdgasming over over this season two debut. I loved it. It's I've watched it probably three times. Just put a big smile on my face. Uh, I love the new characters. I love some of the just the things that we saw in this. But finally, John, what did you think of the season two premiere? Uh, I thought it was fine. Stick to the script. (laughs) I thought it was fine. I need to see more. I mean, like I said, nothing really happened. I I get that there were cool references in it, and I also appreciated that. I I, I actually like that he can can kind of uniquely communicate with the uh, Tusken Raiders. I think that makes him interesting um i feel like we didn't really pick up where we left off per se like we we kind of where we ended on season one it felt like almost where we needed to start in season one for me and we kind of talked about that last episode and we had established like some characters and some development and some progression and then this episode like kind of starts random and then just stays random and we don't really get any of those elements back. So, you know, I think over the course of the season, they'll probably return to some of those things and maybe we'll get a little bit more depth, but right now there's really not much story happening. It's just like a, a kind of one-off like, like task that he had to do. What yeah, a fun yeah, adventure. Would, is that yeah. what you meant, John? But that's, some but, fun. You know, it seems like that's just what the show is. And I think there's a lot I of think, monster of the week type stuff. It's monster yeah. of the week. There's not a lot of like depth beyond that to like what's happening. And, and I don't think this episode really did a good job of setting up like where they're going and what they're doing. You have to kind of remember how last season ended. Um, so I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll give it more time. I, I mean, I don't I don't think it was like amazing, but I it was. But I don't it, think it, was it does terrible. seem like when we were messaging on Discord that you were enjoying it a little bit more than maybe season one. Yeah, but well, now I have the benefit of having started, seen season one, and it laid down the at least some momentum for this story and character that like I can lean on now. Uh, I, it, it was just hard to get invested those first few episodes of season one. Uh, you, you brought up a couple things when we were talking about it. Um, and Davis, you did as well. (laughs) The, the actress that plays the mechanic who who was on my critique list in season one. Uh, is that Melissa Leo? (laughs) 
It's Amy Sedaris. How do you guys not love Amy, Amy Sedaris? Sedaris? <laughs> Jerry Blank. She is terrible. Is she married to somebody in the Mandalorian? I think she's she's great in in, as Jerry Blank, but yeah, in this role, but in the Mandalorian, she's awful. You guys don't love her as James James Con's secretary and elf. (laughs) I love her in everything else she's been in. I just don't feel. I don't believe that she's a mechanic on Tatooine. Like it, it seemed like she was really struggling to remember her lines. I felt like I was watching someone take their first acting class. She was just terrible like she just it rattled was stunning stuff up. that because i you know in terms of i think everybody knows how much i love the mandalorian and but in terms of taking me out of the star wars universe which is something that the mandalorian has done extremely well making you feel like that you're in that world she completely takes <laughs> is like coming out of hyperspace on the falcon it's like i am out of this universe every day and they gave her more lines they gave her more to say and it's like <laughs> she talked for like lines, three and a half minutes that fourth line, oh i guess she doesn't hate droids anymore lies like what yeah. are we doing stop it stop i do it. like when she was like if he buds or splits all, all happily by the second one like that was i mean there were funny parts of it i, I don't i don't Look, feel her like her interacting with the baby after strangers with candy makes me laugh but yeah. it's still exactly. not t- taking me the out baby. of the <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't feel like she I mean that she she's a weak character she's a weak actress but like in the show Why is she back? But I don't feel like she is like I don't think she's one of my big criticisms of the episode. I also question her map of Tatooine too. It's just, it's just everything about her was was I was did not appreciate. Davis go go in on her. Yeah, no, it's just uh, none of her lines landed for me. Oh, I man. don't like. Why are we using this as uh, a usual side character right now? Why? Why is she a pivotal point in this story? Off the mechanic in season one, so now right, we have to I'll, deal with those sins. I'll tell you why it kind of works for me. I forgot that Mando uh, that Mando had been to Tatooine until I saw her. I was like, oh, oh yeah, we've been oh, okay. Here. All right. It's like, oh, when he was like a for me. Dude, how badass would it have been if that if that the old man was still there that he could have like checked in with? Was that on Tatooine? That wasn't. No. Tatooine. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Tatooine like planet. Yeah, ex- and that's exactly why you need her. It's like that's the Tatooine desert All planet. Right. You won that's me the over. The one with the red eyed Jawas. I got it. Yeah, no, I love. I mean, that doesn't that, make her great. The new, the new bounty hunter that they met the first. Well, it doesn't time make her not great. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, what say you about the the mechanic on Tatooine? Uh, just like you said, it really did kind of pull me out. It felt <laughs> clunky for getting started, uh, especially with those droids. That's how I always felt about the droids in the prequels, where they're doing the little comedic bumbling and falling over and it's one of my least favorite part of of those movies and man it hit it on the head in that scene yeah all the bad i mean i guess they just want to put all the bad stuff you know uh, that's in in there for some people yeah i guess it's a bummer it's a bummer that the only reference to like the the arc that we saw the first season is a joke where he's like you know what they should do a once over and she's like oh i guess he likes droids now that like, that line was one of the worst. <laughs> it's the only reference to like this journey that we watched last season. That's that's kicked it off also, everything. Also, completely uh, completely unnecessary. It doesn't nec- it doesn't really mean that he likes droids. That he was being tolerant of them working on his ship. Anyway, yeah. uh, I don't want to get too bogged down with that. But she did deserve to be called out for her <laughs> ridiculously <laughs> terrible performance. And I am now fearful that she's going to return yet again. Perhaps as soon as next episode. She'll be on as much uh, as Gina Carano was. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that, that that is disheartening to say the least. I, I hope think they're going to have a love interest, Sparko. Mando well, needs yeah, well, a mechanic. <laughs> yeah, I know. They, we we killed Queel, so now she's going to be the one having to she's fix the razor across the whole heart, series. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> but John, you brought up something else when we were when we were talking about in terms of. Uh, I don't fully agree with you, but I definitely noticed it a couple times that what did you think of the special effects, John? Um, I feel I felt like they leaned on uh, like CGI a lot more this episode than in the first season. And I think one of the things that drew everyone into the first season uh, was the practical effects and feeling like old Star Wars because it was so practical. And it was like little things where it's like kind of unnecessary to do it too, like the Tusken Raiders like handing the water over and uh the even the droids look kind of shitty and like the whole opening scene with the fight and 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 that stuff like it was just it was just poorly done with cgi like they i think that they should have done practicals for for a lot more of it i i think the only time it stood out to me as bad was like when they those like tuscan raider wolfhound creatures showed up was the only time that that to me i i didn't like it i thought everything else you know, played pretty well. Uh, I definitely see what you mean in terms of them using more CGI, but the, the only time where it sort of took me out of it that I, that I, I mean, think of was then. honestly, what, what did you guys think? Yeah, no, I, I saw this. I saw the same thing for sure. Um, and I, I wasn't sure if I was seeing it right, but um, I did notice that it definitely seemed like more CGI. And I, that's why I really liked the Mandalorian in season one, because it was a lot of practical and I, I hope they, don't go lean too much into this. Even even some of the sets seemed CGI, which um, I didn't really think they did too much of in season one. Yeah, they, did, they did a lot the, of it in season one. Yeah, uh, all the other special effects didn't really stand out for me as like not belonging. The only scene that that did uh, was when they're on the speeder bikes traveling with the sand people to the cave. And it's it's showing them like driving right alongside him and it just oh, felt yeah. horribly uh, green yeah. screened. Where it just felt like <laughs> you know, it, it you know, didn't blend. Where else was like you know, for That's a lot weird. of it, they're, they're actually shooting it not on green screen, but on with like LED backgrounds. So like it's a practical screen behind them. Almost oh well, for something like that, it would be like the old school movies where they had like a projector mm. outside yeah. the window of the car. So they're playing and then they're yeah going yeah. by so, so yeah, it's, it's possible that it looks like weird if like the timing yeah if the timing just wasn't right on it and and that's how they do a lot of their a lot of their like sets but and i think it looks cool for the most part i guess i just noticed a couple little things but i guess i would wonder if that's if it's like they have a limited amount of budget and they spent more of it on quality big vfx cgi scenes later on so some of the early stuff is chopped out to like smaller companies like if there's some big battle with the Jedi's or something that requires a lot of it later on, um, or if this is a direction they're heading in where they're going to do more CGI and less practical, we'll see. Jeff, how do you feel about it? Was business as usual, or did you notice anything standing out from this? No, movie? I felt fine about it, except for the part that Mark had talked about. I mean, that was, I guess, like the only like cringy part, maybe in terms of how it looked on screen. But I don't know. I I kind of write that stuff off because I'm like, ah, it's a TV show. That's the yeah. one part that I was okay with, though, because it's like this whole show is reminiscent of like old school filmmaking. Yeah. And that that did almost feel like an homage to like the, that old style of shooting car scenes. Yeah, so I, I was I, able to forgive that a little bit more. I think in terms of for, forgiving things, 
Like that's that's where I come to with the, with the Mandalorian is that I I enjoy it so much that little things like that like I might notice certain things again like that terrible mechanic or whatever but it's easy for me to move on from it because the rest of it is so good to me I enjoy the rest of it so much no I mean I I loved how this this episode started I love that we get to see you know the Star Wars uh, Cyclops alien the Abyssins voiced by John Leguizamo screwing over the Mando. We got to see some Gamorreans fighting. Uh, a Gamorrean doing a wrestling plancha, you know, <laughs> move towards the Mandalorian certainly tickled me very much so. I, I really, uh, I, I love just so much, again, of the world building that I feel like Mandalorian does really well. And it, it, it's something that it's, it's referencing stuff that exists in Star Wars past without it feeling forced. Like, just as a random, for instance, when Yoda says, thank you, Chewbacca, in episode three, like, that's a very forced reference, like, hey, we're in the same world kind of deal. But, you know, when we see uh, the Gamorians and we see the Abyssins and stuff like that, it's just kind of a cooler, like, hey, this feels bigger. This feels like what I got to see in the cantina all those years ago when I was a kid and, like, coming full circle around. They're just really good at doing that. So I was... I was just immediately sort of smiling from the start with it. And I also loved how that all uh, played out. But uh, Jeff, you mentioned that your new favorite character in the series, Timothy Oliphant uh, playing the Marshal Cobb Vanth. Uh, God, he is cool. Like what, what a great character. What was it about him that you liked so much, Jeff? Well, first off, if Yoda did not thank Chewbacca, that would have taken me out of the movie because Jedi are supposed to be very polite and <laughs> Chewbacca helped him. Kashi. So I thought that was fine. Uh, the reason why I like, well, first off, I'm glad John is on this episode because John, did you not just get a Jim Rayner vibe from oh, him? Yeah. He's the marshal in this like remote backwater planet. Yeah. It, the way he carries himself. We're never going to get a Starcraft movie, go, but it's like, that's my Jim Rayner. He didn't need to go back for any of them either. No. Like there that, was no real <laughs> need to do that except for his own personal sense of justice, which I love, which I love. Yeah. I loved it too. Um, I love the introduction of him because at first when the 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 mystery Tatooine Mandalorian came walking in, I was like, oh, wow, he looks like shit. <laughs> I, DM, I DM James at the same wish. time. I DM James at the same time and I was like, who's this low cut pant wearing ass? Yeah, right. Like this armor doesn't even fit. And then it's, yeah, it's so great. Armor. He's like, have a drink with me. I was like, how can they do that? They can't take their helmets off. Well, and then, then he, he takes his helmet off. Brain. I was like, oh my God, he's not actually a Mandalorian. Yeah. And then so I, Jeez, we're taking I everybody. <laughs> but I, I loved all of it because I liked his attitude. He really is just like a space cowboy. And um, his attitude towards the Tusken Raiders, I thought was great because that's exactly how the Tatooine locals should be. Um, the way he carried himself against the Mandalorian, he wasn't exactly going to back down. Um, but at the same time, he is willing to make a deal with him to take the, the armor back. He just needs something from him in return. Uh, I'm trying to think. What, oh, and my favorite part, because I was really hoping this would be the case, was at the end of the episode when he's like, hey, you know, uh, like, maybe we'll see each other again or something like that. It's like, oh, good. He's going to be a part of the recruit Join episode. The like every season, you know, I it's know. like, we'll just bring everybody back at the very end. I want to see I him. was just going to say, Carl though, Weathers and everybody. Yeah, I was just going to say, though, like this show does such a great job with those side characters. Like, I think we all kind of unanimously love all the side characters that were introduced, including the droid from last season. Oh, hell and, yeah, yeah. And they, they set the president well. I hope that they allow that character to, like, be in more episodes, though. Because that, that was a, such a bummer from last season. Yeah, I hope I hope Boba Fett doesn't just murk him <laughs> the next time we see uh, him. I don't, I don't think that'll be the case. Also, like, Timothy Oliphant, I feel, is, like, a big enough star 
that's like you you gotta at least kind of use them to a certain degree so i'm hoping I that hope is so. the case i mean it, maybe it's just the the couture player in me you know it's like why can't we just have all of these characters in every episode on the <laughs> ship could. together it would have been great yeah like i would Mark, i mean i, I know mean, it's it called makes... the mandalorian but let's, no but it makes sense get a posse this, going this little like yoda creature kind of touches them all in that way although this one was more about mando than the yoda which i loved yeah. that aspect of it i, yeah. I love yeah, baby it. yoda was not really that much of a presence in this one he had a couple of cute little parts he had one of my favorite parts from the trailer when he knew shit was gonna yes, go down closed his little birds. baby crib yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, i loved all that but like they didn't rely on his powers he wasn't i mean it really was a, a practical solution to taking out the the crate dragon the only thing is and i'm not a huge star wars fan so i didn't know this but i know some people bitched online that uh, the relationship between sand people and their banthas, it's like they would never just willingly sacrifice one to a crate dragon. Apparently, you have one for life. When you mate with a sand person, their banthas mate. Like, I mean, it, you oh, are united with that. Creature. Desperate times. You know, they had, maybe that, that, I don't like crate, maybe you would actually give up. was destroying everything. And then I heard somebody go and the crate dragon knew about that bond, which is why I went after the sand person instead of the band. <laughs> because he knew he would never give up. His <laughs> Smart crate dragon. Uh, yeah. I, I, you, you brought up something that was in my notes is that baby Yoda, the child was a very minor part of this episode. I thought the Mandalorian got to be the badass in this that he was. Yeah. He came up with the solution. He's the one that defeated the crate dragon. It wasn't, you know, baby Yoda working his magic or the force at the end. Uh, I really love that, uh, that Mando got to be the, the alpha, uh, in this episode, but circling back to Timothy Olfant, Mark, what'd you, what'd you think of our, our guy Cobb Vanth? Ultimately pretty cool. Um, very, he had a certain level of swagger that he never let go of, uh, that only Timothy Stripping. could do. Yeah. But man, did he look silly in his outfit? Uh, just, yeah just his Even armor like arm just things. yeah it Didn't just didn't silly? fit man it's like you know go buy a jacket or something like, yeah, I, it wasn't, I it wasn't made for him i guess sometimes both suns shine on the a womp rat's tail you know i, I just say uh, i loved it <laughs> everything yeah. about it was cool no he was great but yeah just sometimes looking at him in the armor like he put the helmet on and then take it off time to time like why, why wouldn't he wear the helmet on the speeder bike so we could see his face Get all that yeah, well, sand you in your for, face. You pay for Timothy Oliphant. You know, <laughs> you have to take yeah. that helmet off. What do you think about him using the jetpack? The, the like the rocket launcher part of the jetpack. I like seeing sure. that in action and getting to see it multiple times. Yes. Uh, but where is he keeping all those extra rockets? Uh, space ammo packs. It's uh, actually if you hit the X button, you get access you to your inventory and you can reload. <laughs> yeah, just gotta check your inventory, Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I like the references to KOTOR that we got, too. With You know, we're talking about the Tusken Raiders. Jeff, I, I agree with you, too, and it's sort of one of my things is, like, you know, we don't need to make them so sympathetic, but I actually thought it was still, you know, if you if you watch the scene when the Mandalorian is talking about, you know, they are brutal, they are raiders, but they will also hold to their word. Yeah. I, I thought that that did a lot to sort of restore how it was like, yes, they do bad things to the to the settlers and everything like that, but you can communicate with them. It, it, you have to walk that line. 
And so I thought that actually saved a lot of, of it for me. I love that we see the crate Dragon Pearl. Granted, a lot bigger than how I envision it, given that in KOTOR you can put it in your lightsaber. Um, but <laughs> I, I just I thought that was uh, that was just such a even communicating with the Sam people, which we talked about when we discussed season one, is sort of a KOTOR reference. So I I really uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was was very cool, uh, and I, I just I loved how that played out. Davis, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, I I got giddy seeing the pearl. Like I said earlier, it was just like a KOTOR reference. And yeah, it was bigger, but hey, you just, you know, wind, whittle it down a little bit, make like yeah. 20 of them. Yeah. And you got or a bunch. maybe that dragon is like much older than the other one or something. So Could the be, pearl yeah. is bigger. Maybe it's What did you guys think about crate. the crate dragon in general? Because I, 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 thought, I thought it looked awesome. I, I thought they did really well with it. I, I think that's cool. where the CG money went in this episode. Yeah, it might have so. been. And I like the movie Tremors, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> it felt I, like uh, Shadows of Dune, so got me excited. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, we didn't even talk about just like all the Dune references. I loved <laughs> how much it was like Dune. We've. <laughs> I think I even yeah. said when I was watching, I was like, we've got worm sign. And it's like, I just, <laughs> <laughs> the spice must flow. I, I think that, you know, it felt like, you know, we've seen different representations of the crate dragon, be it the bones or in KOTOR, where it's very much so more like kind of like a Komodo dragon, albeit or a regular just dragon dragon of, of, you know, immense size. It felt like it fit for what the landscape of Tatooine would be and that that would be the apex predator on a planet like Tatooine. So I, I really enjoyed how they portrayed it. I thought it was. Uh, a very cool baddie to take down to start off the season. And and again, I thought the action was great. I loved uh, how they they shot them flying around on the jetpacks. It was brief, but I thought it looked better than how they, they did it in season one. It just didn't seem as herky-jerky. It just felt very just felt very natural. And, and uh, I, I liked it quite a bit. I thought the action was great in this episode. Um we got to talk about the the sort of the last shot that we see of that mysterious figure played by Temru Morrison on Tatooine. Uh, are we all going all in? That's Boba Fett. What what's uh, what what are we saying, Marco? Is it Boba Fett or is it Rex? Wait, that's what I'm know. asking you. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Originally, I wanted it to be Boba Fett, but how would he just let his armor go? You know well, what I'm I mean? Wondering like yeah, how he escaped uh, the Sarlacc pit or something like that. He may have even just been like totally screwed up, and the Jawas just took it from him, or yeah. I don't know. And Rex yeah. usually has a beard. They did mention that uh, the Sarlacc picks are never that the Sarlacc picks are never empty unless something else eats it. So I'm wondering yeah. if like Boba Fett escaped, oh, yeah. ate the Sarlacc. And then somebody Boba killed Fett that crate. Sarlacc? No, uh, the crate, the crate dragon <laughs> ate the Sarlacc, and then they somebody killed that crate, and that's how they got the armor. So they only got like pieces of it. But I, I don't know. I was trying to piece it together myself, and uh, that's what I came up with. So <laughs> yeah, I hope but it's Boba Fett, though. Yeah, I think yeah, it's 100 percent Boba Fett. I mean, it kind of yeah. has to be, otherwise it would almost be like yeah. A what letdown. are we doing? Like yeah. what? Just some random clone trooper or something? Like that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm. We're on Tatooine. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm in for it to be to be Boba as well. John, John, is it is it Boba Fett or is it some some other weird clone I, I mean, character? I, I don't know. Honestly, like it's I Django went Fett. I went into this hoping that we would see some reference to like the Jedi's because that's that was like the big. We're gonna thing. get there. It's I know, Star Wars. But 
<laughs> yeah, but I, so I was thinking maybe that was some like Jedi that like they think that they're going to go to the sorcerers and it's going to be like a surprise for the sorcerers to see Yoda, but that they've been followed the entire time. <laughs> I don't know. I think that the Mandalorian's in for an avatar like surprise when he gets to the air temple and all the sorcerers are dead can, already. Can so. I ask you guys though, like, <laughs> I, cause I appreciated the references. I thought it was a cool episode overall, but was it a satisfying setup to the story of season two? For me? Yeah. It feels what, like we're me? wading back into it. Because he's try- he's trying to find he-, he says it multiple times in the episode. He's trying to find where he can return the child to. That's his quest that he's on. He's trying to find another Mandalorian covert because they'll have more information because of their connections and everything like that. And that's what led him to Tatooine in this episode and, and sort of this monster of the week deal. Uh, so for me, it was very satisfying. And I, and I like that because we're going to get all the looking for the Jedi and sorcerers and stuff like that. I liked it in this first episode. We see Boba Fett's armor again. We've seen probably uh, Boba Fett, you know, assuming that's him. And, you know, it's a follow up from season one because is was Boba Fett that figure that we saw in Tatooine the last time. So I, 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 I was very satisfied. I, I'm I'm very intrigued with where it's going, and I he thought gasmed. it was just a gangbusters way to yeah I'm gasping. Are you are no, you certain that place. that's what he's still on though? Like, wouldn't it have been better for him to get, to get some sort of like lead or tip that sends him in the right direction? So at he least did we come have... up empty-handed. I I will absolutely say that. Um, but that's what he was going for still. You know, he he that was the reason what took him to Tatooine when he, you know, was dealing with uh, Gore Koresh was he was looking for another Mandalorian. He's looking for leads on how to find a Jedi to return the child to. So I, I, I was satisfied. He, he came up empty. They're not they're not all winners. So in, in terms of the in first terms episode of, of a season, like you yeah, but I it feel was, like it needs action, some direction. The action was like, great. Well, yeah, it was, we, we got a great introduction of a awesome dripping, cool new character. We got reference to Boba Fett, one of the, whether it's deserved or not, most popular characters in star Wars history, but it's all He's references. Alive. That's all references though. No, but yeah. we see him on screen more or less. We see his armor. We, so it's, it's exciting that Boba Fett's going to be reweaved into this world now. And so that it left me very satisfied. Okay. Anybody else? Anybody else is yeah. satisfied? I mean, I'll just I'll just toss on to there too. It helps like reinforce some of the lore of who the Mandalorian are and some of their codes of ethics and things like that. That you know, he was searching out one of his own compatriots and finding out that he's dead is like, I'm not leaving without that armor though. And to the fact that he goes through this great length and this huge trial just to take that back when he could have just left. Back it also to speaks question. to his character that he didn't just kill the guy and take it. Almost did, the, but yeah, he he would have. Back to the question though: Is Boba Fett really one of his compatriots? Is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? Sort of back to the episode before. You know, wh- where does Canon stand on that? Maybe that's why Boba Fett ditched the armor to begin with because he doesn't. You know, maybe it was too hot out there, and it's like it protected him for a long time. But he's trying to survive. I don't know. Uh, maybe he doesn't adhere to that because he's not actually one. I, I don't really know where the show is going to come down on that though. Um, but I, 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 I certainly, I certainly prefer Boba Fett in the armor than in that weird sort of <laughs> garb he was wearing at the end. Yeah, it's, it wasn't, really, garb it wasn't really doing it for me. <laughs> it's been a rough few years, dude. Yeah, it's 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 hard living I, out there. Look, I I hear all, all that you guys are saying. I'm gonna give it time. I I thought that it was a good episode. I think it would have been a really good like episode two or three of a season. I feel like they need to like kind of pick up where they left off a little bit more or at least 
you know, have some some tie-ins, and then you can get into like the character establishment. I I like that he took the armor at the end. Like he didn't. He I, 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 there was a moment where it's like, oh, maybe he'll just be like, oh, you know what, this guy's a good guy. Fuck I thought it. he was going to do that too. Yeah, but I like that you he took it. it. Like it's it it's meaningful. Um, but yeah, I, I as yeah. a thesis for like where this season is going, I don't think it was very clear. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. For me, I think it would have been more disappointing for me if he got that lead and he comes up empty-handed midway through the season, <laughs> with and not knowing where he's going next after yeah, that. Yeah, I so agree I, with that. I, I thought it was I thought it was a fine lead in, but you're right though because you know I thought he was going to be like you know you earn this armor, you can keep it. You start almost making him an honorary uh, Mandalorian. But if he did that, then he really came up empty-handed in this episode, and he just sort of killed that crate dragon he's out just of kindness in his own heart. Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> he just right. he just killed that. But I do hope that Cobb Vance shows up again. I hope we get our uh, reintroduction of Boba Fett soon. But I want to end tonight uh, talking about the late great Sean Connery passed away uh, last week, and I think uh, I can speak for everyone. He's you know certainly one of our one of our favorite actors, or have been in you know some of our favorite movies uh, of all time. And uh, just wanted to end tonight by by paying tribute to Sean Connery. So let's so let's talk about him. When when you think of Sean Connery, what do you think of Mark? Uh, James Bond, right off the bat, one of my favorites. Uh, you only live twice. Uh, absolute standout there. Uh, the Rock, of course, Nick Cage classic. But Sean Connery really steals Stole the, the show. show there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Last Crusade, uh, Indiana Jones, uh, definitely added a, a lot of character depth there for for Indy um, with that father and uh, son relationship. And um, Highlander, man, Highlander. So we're we're gonna be doing our, our Fantastic like, Four. So is is that your yeah. Fantastic Four? For, yeah, I mean for that Sean goes Connery's. right into yeah. I mean those are probably my <laughs> Fantastic Four. I mean I I kind of waffle the idea of like Highlander, like Dragonheart though, dragons. <laughs> you know he was just like the voice, but yeah, I'll I'll keep Highlander in the mix, but. Uh, just the fact that that he was around for for so long for for years uh, doing some great work in that step and I like the fact that he actually retired uh, it makes me feel good thinking that he got to like coast into like his golden years if you would and 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 sail off in the sunset I mean the dude lived a nice long life good for him yes and the fact that um what leave extraordinary gentleman what was that like oh three. Yeah, I think something like that. It's a good amount of time to finally like rest on your laurels and, and like just look back at the awesome shit you did. You know, <laughs> finally, finally, he's like, "That's the perfect. That's the perfect movie. The one to go out on. That's my Super Bowl." So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, that was naughty, uh, Davis. What about you? <laughs> what, what do you think of what do you think of Sean Connery? I grew up on Sean Connery, as I think probably a lot of us did, but uh, even before. You know, GoldenEye became a thing in my life, and James Bond was well known. My my dad introduced me to James Bond very early in in life because my dad loved James Bond, and so I was introduced to that character um, with the originals. It wasn't Pierce Brosnan when you know that was more along my age when I mm-hmm. might have seen it. It was I was introduced by Sean Connery, and that was James Bond to me, and that was uh, always something I looked at and 
that's what I thought of with Sean Connor. And then, of course, in the 90s, you have all these action movies that he was a part of, like, as Mark mentioned, The Rock, uh, The Untouchables was always a favorite of mine. Uh, so, I mean, if I'm going to, yeah, I'll save my Fantastic Four okay. for later. But, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll circle back. But I, but I, I'm glad you brought up, uh, you both brought up the sort of the James Bond thing and how you were introduced to it uh, with your, your dad. Cause it was a very similar experience for me is that, you know, we um, used to rent them uh, and we went in order of how they were released. So I started with Dr. No, uh, you know, from Rush with love Goldfinger, which is my personal favorite James Bond movie and, and on down the line, love Thunderball and you only look twice and everything too. Uh, it just, he, to me, embodies what James Bond was. He's the best James Bond to me. Um, and, you know, my you know, my dad, also a huge James Bond fan, when people would ask my dad this, and I witnessed this multiple times, asked, you know, if you could have you know, the, the sort of like the icebreaker question, if you could have one person come to dinner, real or fictional, who would it be? And he'd always say James Bond. Uh, so, you know, just he, he was the embodiment of that, one of the coolest characters ever, which was James Bond. So, uh, also got exposed to him with uh, with Darby O'Gill, uh, which I don't know if that's on anybody's Fantastic Four, but it was a consideration on mine. A little peek ahead, but uh, Jeff hmm. Budd, what what do you think of with with Sean Connery? Is it James Bond, and just what what else do you sort I of mean, comes to I, mind? I guess it's kind of James Bond, but to me, it's like I don't know, just stuff from my lifetime. He just always was like an older guy, you know, and he was just in all those movies. So it's like I'll always picture him with you know, the beard and being a little, a little older, a little heavier, a little balder and all of that. It's like, that's my Sean Connery. I like him like that. Yeah. I remember this is so long ago. Now I was in middle school and I was talking to this girl and she was saying that Sean Connery was sexy. And I just, um, (laughs) and like, looking back, it's like Sean Connery (laughs) was really fucking old already. and, (laughs) And I just, I didn't accept her answer. I said, no, you don't. You don't think that I was like, if I could, I was like, I wish I could push a button right now and make you fuck Sean Connery. <laughs> when you're a kid, I was too, like, like, you're you... not going to enjoy it. She was like 12 years old and yeah. she said that to me. And when you're a kid, even when you watch like old movies when these people were younger, like they still look really old. In yeah, they movies. look old. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. it hasn't been mentioned yet, but like Hunt for Red October and stuff like that. Like that's the Sean yeah. Connery I think of. I, that's how I was. Because I my first James Bond was Pierce Brosnan. And then I like kind of worked backwards. Um, so I, my Sean Connery is like 90 Sean Connery. John, how about you? Um, I would say my four are James Bond, the untouchables, the which Rock. James Bond though. He's taking uh, them all. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not like a huge James Bond fan, but like I do, I definitely. You get never say as... never again. Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's the one. That John... <laughs> that's the that's one with the Pierce one that, Brosnan. That's uh, <laughs> and then something we got a Sean Connery, and then probably like the the Sean Connery moment that's like most instilled in in my mm-hmm. psyche is the suck at Trebek SNL sketch. <laughs> yeah he's a part of he's a part of pop culture but that's what, uh, what goes to what jeff is saying like at that point he was he like he was a meme before there were memes like he had yeah. transcended even his own identity and was like this cultural this part of the cultural fiber with you're the man now dog 
Dude. Oh, dude, Finding Forrest. Do you remember those? Dude, just Finding tons yeah. of viral yeah, yeah. websites yeah. of You're the Man Now just on loop. <laughs> yeah, a, Finding Forrester is a great movie. I, I want to read what Jeff posted on my on my Facebook uh, when I was commemorating him because th this is awesome and this is something that I had not heard. Uh, is this real, Jeff? Yeah, it's real. Okay, so it, and Jeff, I captured it real ass, dude. Uh, this is from the desk of Sean Connery, and this is to oh. Stephen F. Jobs of Apple Computers. <laughs> Mr. Jobs, I will say this one more time. You do understand English, don't you? I do not sell my soul for Apple or any other company. I have no interest in changing the world, as you suggest. You have nothing that I need or want. You are a computer salesman. I am fucking James Bond. I can think of no quicker way to destroy my career than to appear in one of your crass adverts. Please do not contact me again. Best, Sean Connery. Um, that's incredible. That's so, I, it, fucking baller, man. <laughs> that's just so well, you amazing. Can, you can just imagine. Outlived like, his what? ass, too. Yeah. <laughs> he did. Got him. Yeah, you can imagine what the request was, too, because, like, Apple probably didn't want to pay for the rights to James Bond, but they wanted Sean Connery to come on and do some, like, James Bond shit with their. Yeah. You are a computer salesman. Like, Dude, what is this? I'm not going to be generic James Bond. I am James Bond. Yeah. It just it just made me think yeah, of him calling the computer burbs. salesman's the best part. It, yeah. Who's going to pick up this mess? You're going to pick up this mess because you are a garbage man. <laughs> like, that's, that's what it made me think of. Uh, that I, That's such a great find, Jeff. I'm, I'm glad that you. Uh, you shared that. Um, and he had James Bond stationary, and that's just unironically what he used, which I also think is great because he is yeah. James Bond. It's incredible. And I know we, we talked about when, uh, when Roger Moore passed away, too. There's a great story about uh, Roger Moore and a, a, and a child in the Nice airport and how he sort of like made him feel like he was working with, with James Bond against Blofeld and everything like that. It's just uh, if that was a very cool story, this is very different <laughs> than, than that. Not nearly as heartwarming, but uh, it, it elicited a similar reaction just in terms of how much it made my day to see that. Uh, but as as we're closing out here, uh, I I mean, I, the Fantastic Four uh, for James Bond. Davis, what are yours? Uh, I'm going to do a quick uh, shout out. For Sean Connery, not James Bond. He is the quintessential <laughs> James Bond, but... For, I'm, for Sean Connery. I gotta give a quick shout out just for his cameo in Time Bandits as Agamemnon. Uh, every every chance I get to reference Time Bandits, I'm gonna take it, James. So uh, okay. you brought this on yourself. So That's never seen it. No, <laughs> that is not in my four. I just want to make make oh, that okay. point that that's a great role that he had. Uh, however, my four. Uh, I have to put The Rock because that is uh, a quintessential connery movie in my life mm. uh the untouchables which i also mentioned i think that's a fantastic movie and one of his best roles um the other one my favorite bond movie uh i actually have to agree with you james my favorite was goldfinger uh that is the one that goes up on the mantle uh, for me and it's got all it's got all the things that you love in it <laughs> and last but not least uh last crusade Indiana Jones, uh, I think he just kind of put a cap on that series with Harrison Ford, yeah. and the, those say, are say, say your four for me again, Davis, because ours are going to be eerily similar. I feel yeah, it, Indy, Rock, uh, Goldfinger, and uh, what was my other one? 
Untouchables. Untouchable. Untouchables. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I have I have one difference with yours, uh, so I'll just say it now. So I, I do go Goldfinger uh, because I do think that is the quintessential James Bond movie. It's got the, the villain, the henchman, the girls, the gadgets, the perfect Bond. It's the perfect James Bond. The song, uh, the sort of just the iconic. She's covered in paint, gold paint. Every everything about it is just like that. first all the trappings of James Bond. So that one's on there. Indiana Jones, Last Crusade as well. Uh, you know, talk about be- being able to hold your own at that age with Harrison Ford in terms of cool factor and the fact that they both slept with the same girl and it just great, great movie, <laughs> great pairing with, with both of them, uh, you know, teaming up as father and son was just amazing as a kid. Uh, also going with The Rock, uh, I think maybe the best action movie of the 90s. And I, and I I, lo- I just I loved his pairing up with uh, with Nicolas Cage in that and I, I love I love that movie and then my fourth is Highlander uh, you know he <laughs> he plays a supporting role in that but you know Ramirez and Highlander I think maybe because I love James Bond so much I gravitated very much so towards Ramirez's character played by Sean Connery. Uh, in, in some respects, even more so than McLeod. And I loved how he sort of got to play the, the Obi-Wan role uh, in Highlander. So that's, that's going on my, on my four. And, you know, one of my favorite lines of that movie is the, you know, how do we, how do we fight against this heart, faith, steel? It's just so good. So I, 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 I love uh, his role in the Highlander. And I love what people say is like he's a, a Scottish man playing an Egyptian pretending to be a Spaniard <laughs> in the movie. It's just such, such a good sort of just how many delineations we're going through here. But finally, Jeff, what are your, your fantastic four for Sean Connery? Um, mine is also the Highlander. Uh, I love Ramirez. I feel he's like the most iconic of the immortals in uh, the Highlander, even though he's not the Highlander. Um, (laughs) Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, Goldfinger, because that's my favorite Sean Connery, James Bond film of the two James Bond films I've seen of Sean Connery's. Really? uh, Only only... two? What was Uh, the other one? uh, Dr. No. Oh, wow. You only lived twice. Never seen it. He he wears yellow face. (laughs) Oh, I've seen that. <laughs> Does not age well. <laughs> it's not that's Sean not what did. he was doing. He's <laughs> fucking he's canceled. Get him off our show. He was going to disguise. Um, and then uh, the fourth one. Damn idiot. Uh, I the I like the extraordinary gentleman. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's going on your your fantastic. <laughs> I really I really like that movie, and I liked him as Alan right. Quartermain. Alan I Quartermain, like that movie too. have you guys ever read the books? Like, yeah, he's a very cool character, and I thought Sean Connery did a good job. He did a better job than how they did the character in the comic. Um, I mean, the movie the movie had to make Alan Quartermain more of the leader because they got Sean Connery to play the part, and I think I appreciated that more. It was just better how it was done. It played the mentor role again with the Tom Sawyer character. I just There's a lot of things about it I really liked. I saw the movie before I read the comics. I still love the movie even after reading the comics. It's maybe a guilty pleasure, but I don't know. I don't feel too guilty about it. I just think it's a cool film. Um, if you can reach one person, that's why, you know, Sean Connery retired. I was like, I couldn't reach him with James Bond. I finally got to him with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> he had me with Highlander. I love him as Ramirez. <laughs> but yeah, my, my honorable mention, again, Darby O'Gill, uh, if you haven't seen that. The Banshee. I wish I brought that up during the horror, uh, you know, talk, too, because that Banshee as a kid, like a very young kid, terrified me. But I still wanted to watch it. 
like it made me feel alive. Anyway, uh, that, you know, rest in peace to Sir Sean Connery. You are a computer salesman. That is going to do it for this edition of the Best Damn Nerd Show. Have a great week, everyone. And remember, if you're a nerd, always say it loud and say it proud. Hey, everyone. Chris Seglia, CEO of the Tenno Media Network here. Thank you so much for listening to our content, but we need your help. Please rate us five stars, subscribe, and give us a shining review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really, really helps us out. And one more thing, please tell a friend if you can. Tell them Tasty Steve, Hanzo Gonzo, Mark Mann, Rip, Ricky Replay, or someone who everyone loves sent you or something. That might help. Anyway, again, thank you for listening. And if you want more, make sure to check us out at www.ten dash o dot gg www gg you're listening to the 10010 media network